1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 192 of The Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. What's up, Sarah? Hey, Megan. Are you ready for a showdown? I love this so much. <laughs> we are going to, I don't even know, like, I'm picturing like an <laughs> MMA ring. Yes, with a bell. With like, a bell. There needs to
0: be a chime. Ding, ding, ding.
1: <laughs> And the fight today is in this corner, toddlers. Yep. And in that corner, Teens. Oh my gosh. Because they have so many similarities. They have, um, yeah. They're both wonderful and frustrating. hmm So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I don't even know like how this idea came up, but it is, they are so, there are a lot of parallels and I don't have teens yet, but l- I've been lucky enough to follow you closely and, you know, obviously other teens that I know and moms raising teens. Um, but I think this is going to be really fun, really interesting. We're going to go kind of through some, just some categories that both groups, both fighters display. And uh, yeah. I don't know, maybe we'll pick a winner for each one. Or maybe we'll just throw our hands up and be like, <laughs> yeah. it's a, I don't even
1: know how you call a fight at the end. No. <laughs> I'm picturing like someone lying on the mat, though, and like the ref like holds their hand up and then yeah. drops it because they're just out. <laughs> so all right Sarah well are you ready we are ready okay is that a thing for is that a fighting thing or like a base like this shows like how ignorant I am about all sports
0: well so my most recent experience is the show battle bots which is a robot okay. fighting show but it's set up very much like like a fight fight like a human yeah. fight only it's remote control robots
1: okay so, anyway I'm probably actually more familiar with gladiators from like
0: right right. back in the olden days. But well, anyway, <laughs> regardless, we are going to talk about your toddlers and your teens. Um, yes. And I'm really excited. Actually, I think we're going to get to some some meaty parenting some meaty stuff. stuff, Yeah, um, even great. as we laugh.
1: Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor Factor. Listeners, Our Place offers a hundred day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right. So should we start this battle?
0: Yeah. And I want to start this battle by saying we actually really love our toddlers and teens. We got, yeah. We've got. we gotten a couple of questions lately about uh, our opinions about one-year-olds, Megan, yes. um, because we have sort of laughed and come down hard on them. I think if you've listened from the beginning, you know, we love our one-year-olds, obviously. We had eight yeah. of them between us. Um, but I think one thing that's really hard about young toddlers in particular, and we'll get into this, is mom and dad spend the whole first year, like, getting down all the systems and adjusting to yeah. parenthood. And it feels like things are just settling in and then this personality emerges where you're like whoa and like yeah. you have to think about so it's not the toddlers or the one-year-olds that we don't love of course we love them but I think it's like the rug pulled out from under you yes. phase it's a very physically demanding stage of parenting so just, physically just demanding. When you and you're not used like, to it yet yeah and just you know? when you feel like you've gotten a handle on things yeah. so for anyone who's wondered about when we say we hate one year, I don't think we've ever said we hate one year olds, it. we just said it's the pits. It is rough. And we're talking it's about rough. it's rough on mom. The, the little yeah. sweet one year olds are they are. We love them. Um, but in and a way, I will also
1: say I didn't realize how rough it was till I was like coming out of it because mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, my toddler is so adorable. And I love this and I love the stage. And then at the end, every single time I'm like, whoa which has happened to me.
0: Right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah, it is intense. Um, and I'm yeah. sure with teens, it's the same way. You go through this kind of easier period for a few yes. years, like the one I'm in right now. And yeah, then well, same it's thing. the gravy, right? Yeah. It's the
1: gravy years and you're in them right now. And also what, what can be a little different about teens is, you know, when they're toddlers, you don't know them yet. You're just starting to know them. Yeah. And so then suddenly it's like all their personality gets, the, really comes out strong. Yeah. It's like their personality at, you know, at a factor of a hundred. And the same thing with teens, only you got used to them in a different way. Like you've had right. all these years to get, get to know them and know them when they're in their sweet phase or their cuddly phase right. or their or their quiet phase or whatever right. it is that they go through. There are those gravy years for many, many kids. Um, and then suddenly they come out, they come out. And I feel like like I feel like what happens in um teenhood, which is probably kind of what is happening in toddlerhood is whatever they're going to like, whatever kid they're going to turn into as a toddler they're like this ultra concentrated version of that. Right. And as a teenager, whatever adult they're going to turn into, it's like the same thing. They, they get this like they're like the most extreme version of that person. It's like they're trying to get there. Right. And they have to go way over the line <laughs> and then kind of pull back. Yeah. So it's been really fun to watch. You know, I, I still I have um, a 19 year old. And while he's still a, technically a teen, he's not a teen anymore. Yeah. He's an adult. And it's really fun to see him and my 21 year old to just see like those personality traits that came out and how yeah. intense they were and then how they kind of.
0: Now you get the other side of that. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Well, I think at the heart of why we wanted to do this episode is I think I believe anytime you kind of understand what's happening developmentally for your kids, it's easier to kind of meet that behavior with a little bit of humor, a little bit of yeah. empathy. It doesn't mean you have to put up with abuse or allow unacceptable behavior at all. We would not advocate that. But when you can see it for what it is, which is a phase and most likely a necessary developmental phase. Um, then I think it just takes the pressure off you to like correct all this behavior, somehow control it. When in fact, it just, it is meant to be. And therefore you just have to find, find ways to cope, find ways that work for your family to get through it, take lots of breaks, you know? Um, But they're meant to be doing this, I guess, both toddlers and teens.
1: And it, and it's a good lesson. Like the toddler and teen years are both a great lesson in letting go yeah. and, re- and kind of like not taking yourself so seriously yep. or like getting over yourself a little bit because <laughs> you realize how little control you actually have sometimes. Yeah. And whether it's a teenager who's going to do, I mean, they're bigger than you. Yeah. They're going to do what they want to do. And you just hope that they're going to listen. Yeah. Right. Or a toddler who are uncommonly strong yeah, <laughs> and wily and sneaky and like they learn, they become like this crazy, physically intense version of what they were before, they can also get away with a lot. Like you have to sleep sometime, yeah. yeah, right? And you can't put them in a cage. I yeah. heard that that's not allowed, <laughs> not legal. So it's like, you kind of have to, at some point, throw your hands up and let it and like be and have some
0: faith, yes. I guess. And that's tough yes. on both sides of the spectrum. It is, it requires, it requires a lot of us. Um, so here's how we're going to do this. Uh, we came up with some kind of categories where we think toddlers and teens are really similar. I'll kind of set up, what that category is and talk a little bit about the toddler. And then I can't wait for you to speak to the teens. And then we'll just kind of look at like, how are they similar? And how can we support this as moms? And in some cases, it's very, very similar. And in some cases, the the way we react to this behavior is quite different, I think, from um, toddlers versus teens. Yeah. So you're ready to uh, jump in? I'm ready. Okay. So the first big one that I'm sure will surprise no one is big emotions slash tantrums. So Mm -hmm. in toddlers, if you don't have a toddler yet, you might think of this as the terrible twos, but I am here to tell you that somehow they get a memo around 11 months or their first birthday. And that's when the first, like I'm mad about something and I'm going to let you know about it. I'm not hungry or wet or tired. I am just PO'd that you're not letting me eat the remote control. Now, I think those are like little, little glimpses. I think when it kicks into gear is 18 to 24 months. And that's why I lovingly say that that is one of the hardest ages for moms because you can't use logic. It's, it's very unlike even a three-year-old tantrum, which is its own kind of beast. But these young toddlers, um, they just have emotions that are really big. And I think the most striking thing is how out of proportion their reactions are to what's actually happening. Like we think of ourselves as these reasonable beings, but it could be about, you know, the color of a cup or the way that the sandwich is cut. I mean, there's a million examples. So uh, most of you out there are quite familiar, but if you're not just know that number one, I think it shows up earlier than two for a lot of kids. I think 18 months, 18 months seems to be prime um and that it might be bigger and scarier than you than you think they're they're real big emotions so tell me about the teens
1: well and there's so many of the same things are going on i mean teens have the additional layer of hormones which let's not you know underestimate those but in both cases there's big time brain development going Mm -hmm. on and big time um like your body is changing and you're learning an incredible amount and you're moving toward this more independent phase there's a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. and one thing i think is really interesting is about teens is um that now I've, I have parented four teenagers. This is crazy. And I can already see how Clara is like getting like, she's Mm -hmm. moving toward adolescence and I can see how it's starting to get, I don't know, kind of puberty ish. Um, but depending on a kid's personality in the teen years, this is really manifest in very different ways. So like you might have a kid who just becomes kind of generally grumpy Mm -hmm. or they might become withdrawal, like withdraw, withdrawn, um you got the kid who rage quits like they rage quit everything and by rage quit you know what I'm talking about right like
0: I'm picturing like flip the table and walk away (laughs) sometimes
1: (laughs) it's literally like take the board game and throw it sometimes it's like the kid who just will stop playing well there's like sometimes it's a kid who won't finish the conversation right Mm -hmm. um some of the like those things that are going to be the kid's natural tendencies like I said really go to the extreme um I also just want to really quickly touch on the fact that your kid being having a sunny personality or being kind of quiet or easygoing does not mean they're not going through all those big emotions. Mm, and I love I'm that. thinking back to when I was a teenager, I was like the friendliest teenager. I never fought with my parents. I was just smiley all the time. And that doesn't mean I wasn't going in my room yeah. and writing tortured things <laughs> in my journal for hours and hours. So it doesn't, always manifest in a way that is disruptive or that you Mm -hmm. would even notice. And it doesn't mean you have to follow your kid into their room and be like, are you really okay? I mean, really, are you okay? So really, are you okay? But like, (laughs) it's like kind of keeping an eye on everybody and how they are in social situations and what their place is in the family. I mean, I can see in my family, like there are kids who go along to get along and there are kids who push the envelope and there are kids who don't care if anyone likes them. And there are kids who want everyone to like them. And and all of those things changed the way that they, um, that they kind of manifest those yes. big feelings. It doesn't always look like a tantrum, but sometimes it's still a tantrum, you know? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> well, I was just going to say really quick for me at that age, I became very passive aggressive. That was my version of a tantrum. Mm, okay. That wouldn't have been something anyone even might've watched or mm-hmm. noticed, you know? So I don't know. And I, and I don't think logic necessarily works like they have the brain capacity to understand logic. I think what, I want them to have more on some Mm self-awareness to start to understand, like when I feel this way, it's, you know, like I don't even know I'm feeling this way, but I am. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's not like I can talk them out of it.
0: Right. And in both cases, the toddlers and the teens, sometimes the feelings are actually very unpleasant and scary. Like nobody wants to right. be yelling at their mom or hanging right. up on their best friend or pushing, whether it's toddlers or teens. They don't. Right. It's it's because they're feeling like out of their body, yep. out of control with those feelings. And the other thing that I just thought of kind of when you were talking about teens is in both cases, there, there could be, or often is a fair amount of kind of anxiety behind the, the rage or the feelings. Doesn't, I don't necessarily mean clinical diagnosed anxiety, but if you think about how you feel when, when things aren't in control or changing too much, or you feel really apprehensive and toddlers are the same, their world is big and they're figuring out where they are in it. And anytime any of us feels anxious, we are not our, we are not our best selves. So Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, well, do we have any ways to kind of support these uh, the big feelings? The the, the ones I was going to suggest is just I try with all my kids and their big feelings not to judge the feelings. In other words, mm-hmm. I don't say things like "This is ridiculous," right. like "It's just a sandwich." Like you do, you might be thinking <laughs> it's just a sandwich, but right. <laughs> I try not to say it's just a sandwich because it it really doesn't matter. The feelings no, are yeah. already there, out in in front, probably in public. The tears are already there. The yelling is already there. So to say what you're upset about is not worth this display, even if that's totally true and you think it in your head, it's not generally helpful. So I try to separate judging the feelings, but then stick to the behavior. So whatever behavior is not okay. So a toddler is not allowed to hit me or, you know, draw on the wall or whatever. I spend my time limiting the behaviors, but, but just knowing that the feelings are going to be there and it's not really my job to to put it to you know to judge whether that it's worth it like to right. have this tantrum over that thing I don't know
1: yeah well I think it's very similar yeah teenagers I mean you have to focus on what they're do actually doing mm-hmm. and they might not like me and I can't take that offend uh, I can't take that personally or get offended um or show like if I show offense I feel like then that just ma- creates this dynamic I don't yeah. want to create yeah I will show offense if they do something
0: offensive right like you don't have to yeah. be abused <laughs>
1: right. right but that's different than them just not being that into me. Mm-hmm. Or not liking what I have to say or being in a bad mood or whatever it is. I mean, that's going to happen. And I try to stay out of their way if I have to, like when they're in a mood like that, I will create, I will kind of have some flexibility about the way we do things like um, chores or having to be around your siblings or whatever, if I can tell. And we, we know, we have a lot of people in a small house. Yeah. So sometimes I have to like, kind of let kids get off the hook for stuff or make exceptions when it's for the the good of everyone, for the good of the unit. If one person doesn't come to the dinner table because it's good for the unit, then I would rather have that than have a stressful, grumpy dinner. Um, I have found a lot of the times if you kind of have a little bit of, you take it seriously, but you still have a bit of a sense of humor about Mm -hmm. it. The kids sometimes do the same. Like my kids will joke about their, not necessarily when they're in the rage, but they'll joke about it later Mm -hmm. and be like, well, I was like, William cracks me up. He'll say, I was just, you know, I was just having a really hormonal hard time then. <laughs> and I'm very ragey these days. But when he's raging, he's not going to say right, that. He doesn't
0: see it. It's like no. blind rage. Yeah, right,
1: exactly. But later he can kind of acknowledge it. And I we just love try that. to have a sense of humor about it. And and that's his style, right? Yeah. Will and Owen is, uh, would still argue with me to the death. <laughs> but Owen's just coming into it. Yeah. And Will's kind of peaking, yeah. right? So he can kind of look back at the last two years and see things. Owen can't see yet. And that's. Yeah. That's part of the it's like the muscle. Like yeah. you you get confident because you realize I was really mad and I didn't die.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And I got over it. I yes. got past it and here I am. And like it takes experience yeah. to know that. Like that you're not actually gonna explode yes. or
0: you know, and I think have as a parent, for the rest of your life. As a parent, we are the ones who can when we show that we're not overly phased by their drama, and again, you can draw the line at not wanting to be abused. But if, if we show that we see it's normal and that we love them anyway, and they still have to make reparations if they yell at someone or whatever, but, but it's not, it's not um, tearing us apart. Then we're showing them like, this is normal. Like it is, you will get through this. I love what you just said. And the last thing I was going to say about the toddlers too, is we get pretty good at avoiding the meltdowns by, you know, not taking them to target at nap time and like all these little things they do. And as someone who is good at, Uh, you know, managing my life to avoid big meltdowns. I just want to say that is a good strategy and it will not avoid them entirely. So you'll you could do all of those things and you'll still be met with big, big feelings and it's normal. So yeah. But it is, you do learn to not do things to put yourself in the way. And I'm sure with teenagers it's the same. Like you don't poke the bear when, you know. So exactly. Exactly. Very Uh, similar. Okay. So moving on to another lovely characteristic, and that is defiance, arguing, and basically thinking that parents' ideas are terrible. Um, So for toddlers, I think this comes out as soon as they can say things like no or Mm -hmm. mine, um, which is another favorite one-word phrase. They don't have to be very old. They're coming to realize that they're not the same person as you. Like compliance and agreement is not kind of like hardwired into your connection. And so they are actually supposed to you know, individuate or whatever mm-hmm. you call it. Um, but I think when it gets exhausting and I have one particular child who just actually two, but one in particular, who just the automatic response is the opposite of whatever I have suggested. Right. And so this is not really the same as tantruming. And I'm sure it's the same with teens because you can have a level headed, like n- not super emotional Kid who is still just opposing everything, and we even in our episode about chores, we talked a little bit about these personalities. Like, no, why? No, why? Right? Um, And it starts in toddlerhood. So, how is it with teens? uh, Same.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think. I think not. I think that that is one where not all teens display it to the same level as um, toddlers. I think for toddlers, the no and why and gimme and mine is is kind of so universal yeah and with teens teens get really savvy they start figuring out how to work you and some of them so again an example of like them kind of becoming who they're going to be and and like testing it out on you is some teenagers get really good at not arguing not defying um but there's like something in it for them. Right. So it's like, they become a little more savvy. Right. They'll learn how to work you. um, And some don't care and they will argue and they will defy you. So it's like, you have to kind of like, it's, it's so, it's kind of like it's become this more mature version of the toddler situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got a kid, Owen, cough, Owen, wait, (laughs) cough, Owen, cough, (laughs) who is going to be some kind of like a lawyer or something. He's a fantastic debater, but right now he just wants kitchen table to be his like practicing ground yeah. and he will stick to the most like illogical argument like he is in it for the fight yeah whereas will will only fight in as much as it gets him what he wants mm-hmm. very different and he goes about it very differently and the other two were the same like isaac would kind of avoid 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 and be like pleasant when he was around so i think he kind of got away with a lot like mm-hmm. i think he flew under the radar like they learn how to kind of make their personalities work for them. And so it's impossible to know how it's going to look, I think yeah. for myself. Um, and, and another thing to keep in mind too, is like they're working out a lot of big stuff in their heads. Yeah. Like they're working. There's these ideas that they have about fairness and justice and love and philosophy. And, yeah. and like, they're kind of trying it out on you, but also you're super irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> like you're only relevant in that you're there providing a home and food and meals and and rides and like eventually you'll become relevant again but right now it's like you're kind of not it's a really weird place to be and it does get better but yeah but not for a while
0: well (laughs) i um i almost think teens sound harder in this area just emotionally a lot harder yeah because a toddler is just a knee-jerk no they're
1: just a bag of cells basically (laughs) a toddler right yeah like
0: But yes, I think the hardest part about toddlers is again, like going back to how I started talking about this smiley baby who waves to everyone in the grocery store. It feels like a betrayal. It feels like I worked the entire year or year and a half to get enough sleep, to get them on a routine. And we're doing so well. And now all of a sudden they don't want to do anything that they used to want to do. And with toddlers, it's also completely illogical, right? Like right. their favorite thing that they want to do one day, they don't like the next day. And so it's just like, it defies any sense or logic. Um, But I think, I think if you can not take it personally, it is not yeah. about you. And, and this is a good time with toddlers to start thinking about the hills you want to die on, thinking about the boundaries you want to hold and thinking about the the times when you're going to dig in or you're going to give them a little more freedom. Because remember, like that giving freedom and then having them come up against a boundary and then giving a little more freedom and come up against a boundary, that's what they're supposed to be doing. So it's not easy, but your job is to sort of be like, okay, well, maybe you can go barefoot out front today. And maybe that is not important to me because I know I'm going to have to hold a boundary later when you need a bath, you know? So you're constantly figuring out where that place is, which is exhausting.
1: It is. And it's not that different for teens, honestly. Um, What is different is I'm not going to allow my kid to say no to me anymore. When they were two. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) What am I going to do? You're not going to, you don't say no to me. I mean, but like at, at 13 I'll tolerate a certain amount of, I'm not even going to say arguing of um, questioning. Yeah. But at some point, I am going to shut that down and yeah. just say, okay, I've, I've, and I will admit I have sometimes crossed over the line and said things like your opinions don't matter, which <laughs> isn't true. And I've had to apologize and say, that's not what I meant. What I meant is I've registered your opinion. Mm-hmm. You don't need to continue telling me what yes. your opinion is. Now I need you to do the thing I asked you to do. Yeah. And sometimes I just have to keep going back to that. Okay. Registered. Got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Now I need you to do that. Mm-hmm. But mom, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Got it. Now what I need you to do is stop talking. And there are times when I've held my hand up and said, I don't want to hear anymore. I'm going to walk away now. Uh-huh. And I expect this to get done. And not all kids need that. Right. But some will just dig in yeah. until like the last, you know, they just won't stop. Yeah. And, um, and the other ones, the other, you know, thinking at parents, ideas are terrible. I have had a conversation with two of my kids. Like we do a lot of ribbing in our family. There's a lot of joking. hmm we all kind of give each other a little guff sometimes. And I've had to tell my kids before that they hurt my feelings. Like,
0: Mm -hmm. because they
1: can take it too far to like, we're mom's an idiot and Mm -hmm. that they'll take me seriously. I don't do it all the time. I don't go cry in my room, but I'll be like, you know, guys, like, I know we're kind of ribbing, but like that, that made me feel bad. Yeah. And so then I can tell they're all very nice to me for a while. And it's, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's like, I'm not doing it because I want to make a big drama or make anyone feel bad, but I also don't want to feel bad in my own home. So Sometimes you have to like draw that line and just explain to them like, yeah, okay. I get you. I hear you.
0: Well, and I you're also you. showing that that is a thing that humans in relationships do. You know, right. they, yep. they joke with each other. They love each other. And if someone crosses the line, right. they, they don't just let it go and or passive aggressively, like, you know, get back at them another way. You address right. it.
1: And it's a safe place for them to learn that. Yes, like it's exactly. a safe place for them to learn what those lines are. Yeah. Um. Before we move on, yeah. I have to say, I want to talk really quick about picking your hills to die on because okay. that's a saying that you and I both use all the time. Yes. Which I want to, in case anyone's a new listener, just means this is not the hill I'm going to die on means I'm choosing not to make a big deal about this because if I'm going to die on a hill, it's going to be a different one. Right. But you were leaving me a message the other day and said <laughs> yes. that did one of your kids think that you were actually going to die on a hill? Yes, yeah,
0: so I think it was Violet. Oh, and she yeah. was like, dying on a hill? what (laughs) dying on a hill I know I should go back and find that because I literally had to stop Sarah's boxing me and she says that's not a hill
1: I'm gonna die and then I heard you go no 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 I'm not I'm not actually dying on a hill. It was very funny.
0: <laughs> I know it's not really that much different from the phrase pick your battles, but for some right. reason I just like it so much more and I never really heard it or if I heard it I never it never registered before you in my life and then I oh, immediately it became my I favorite. Love it. It's just really applicable to so much of motherhood. It really <laughs> is. It really is. <laughs> There's so many hills. So many hills. So many hills. So so few to die on. Okay. <laughs> um I'm going to move on to something that is related, but is still different. And this is this push pull between the need for independence and yet also how much they really still need us. And I'm I'm going to imagine that there's a lot of similarities between toddlers mm-hmm. and teens, both in why this is happening and how it plays out. So for toddlers... This is the like all of a sudden they want to put their shoes on by themselves. They want to get in the car seat by themselves. Some more than others. I've had like probably all three extremes, like extreme doesn't care, extreme do everything by themselves and somewhere in the middle. But once they've decided they want to do it themselves, you are you are in for you're in for it. They don't want help. I do it myself. You've got to watch them struggle. And like you're just pulling your hair out because you're late. And if you could just bend over and buckle the shoe you'd be out the door in two seconds. But that's going to lead to the big emotions and meltdowns that we just discussed. So it is just this constant... It's a constant battle. And when they realize they can't do something or it doesn't work out like they want, um, then tears usually result. And they don't
1: always want your help. Either. No, they don't like, want they your need help, it, but they don't want it. No, they
0: don't want their help, but they are devastated yeah. when they right. can't do it and either comes out in rage or frustration. Um, so this is and it really is this push pull where they they have an inner drive to try to do stuff by themselves that they are not yet competent to do. And it, we have to watch the struggle. And decide when and how and if to intervene. And it's hard. So how does that work for teens? Um,
1: You know, I would say, like, I think this is a place where teenagers in general are going through a big shift, a big cultural shift to what we remember about being teens, which is like, I want the car keys and I'm never here. Okay, Kids aren't like that anymore. Right. Um, There's actually been quite a lot of research and I've seen a few articles lately about how much kids aren't at this age, at the teenage stage embracing independence and Mm -hmm. i find it actually really alarming yeah um i will tell you my kids would rather hang out at home more often than they'd like to be out and that's not all of them Mm -hmm. but like it's not expected anymore that kids on the day they turn 16 leave the house and go get a, a license um they have to be prodded they don't necessarily want to get their first job it's it's become it's it's a weird place that we are with teens right now i think Where the independence is, is I think that they think they're more emotionally independent than they Mm -hmm. really are. And Mm -hmm. I think they think that they have better decision-making skills than they actually do. Sure. But it doesn't manifest the same way it used to. So that was something I was not prepared for Mm -hmm. as a mom of teens. I remembered the way I was as a teen Mm -hmm. and like, I didn't want a curfew. I didn't, I never Mm -hmm. had to give my kids a curfew. They just came home. Mm. It's just a very, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm very helpful on this one because I'm still figuring it out. And I think that a lot of parents, are in this place where like, I want my kids to be, uh, the more independence they want, the yeah. better. i like, yeah. do it. Yes, do it yourself. Okay. You want to ride your bike, you know, to your friend's house. It's five miles away. You're going to regret that. Go for it. Yeah. And then they figure that out. And I feel like I'm pushing it. More than it's happening around me and I'm having to kind of deal with it.
0: So, and I'm sure I was coming to this with the more stereotypical. I think you had the assumption everybody
1: does, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: So I'm, I was going to mention this book at some point in here. It was inevitable, but I'm reading how to raise an adult, which is a book that's been on my radar forever. It's about six years old, probably Um, Julie Lithcott Haynes. And she was the freshman Dean at Stanford during the years when basically millennials started showing up at college. Yeah. Um, and and so for like 14 years, 16 years as freshman dean at Stanford, noticing the difference in independence and ability to cope with adult life, basically. Um, it's a fascinating. It, it has so much research. It's exactly what you're talking about. And my yeah. kids aren't even there yet, but I find it so interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think like I don't think the generation is doomed or anything. No. And I have noticed that some of my kids there are definitely things that, that I've noticed in some of some of mine that where I feel like they're a little ahead of their peers in certain places as far as it's not embracing the independence, but just not feeling like the world's going to end if they screw up. That's right, the thing yes. that I think that I think that's what I think the cause is. I think kids are so afraid that if they mess some, something up, everything is over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's one place I may have done things right. <laughs> I think you, I definitely
0: up. think you, I mean, but like yeah. that
1: doesn't, but culturally still things have changed sure. a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think you're, your kind of hands-offness or free-rangeness or whatever you want to call it is unusual compared to the parenting that's happening in the culture. And I think that's why people have been flocking to you and reading you and liking you because and that's all it's why you could have five kids, because you can't overparent <laughs> no, you five can't. kids. You really can't. Um yeah. yeah. So I'll link that book. We kind of got it on a tangent there, but I will link it up. Yeah. Um but kind of if there's a way to support this, at least with toddlers, it's Let them do as much as they can by themselves. And don't, again, just like the first two things, don't take the frustration. As the as there's something wrong or something you need to fix, I mean you don't always have time to sit through a meltdown about tying your shoes. Sometimes you're gonna have to pick up the kid, put on their shoe, and go. Like that's just life. But give them lots of opportunities. We just did that episode about chores. Give them lots of opportunities for trying something that's hard. And when you have the time, grab 15 minutes and teach them a skill that's hard for them, but in that way that feels good, like they've mastered Mm -hmm. something and make sure that they're challenged, that they're playing outside and climbing stuff and around other older kids. And like, sometimes it's a bored kid who doesn't have enough that's challenging them or that's, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't know, I guess, but it's not easy. It's not easy to watch them want to do everything by themselves.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a good reminder that at this, you know, when they're young, That you can start introducing that independence, like Mm -hmm. in those kind of low stakes ways, whether Mm -hmm. that's letting your kid interact with an adult, instead of you always getting in front of them and and making the ask, let them make the ask. They're gonna be embarrassed or feel silly, or maybe someone's gonna say no. Um, but that's okay. Like they have to fail in small ways, like in low stakes ways. Yeah. And they have to do it over and over and over and over. And, you know, I'm reminded of something that happened with Owen recently where he and this teacher were kind of like locked in just this battle because there was an assignment. And, and this is not only the need for independence, this is stubbornness. This is all all defiance thinking adults are stupid. Like these are all of those things wrapped into one (laughs) burrito experience, but he thought her directions were unclear and dumb. And so I kind of just stood back and let him and her battle it out. And at the same time, this teacher was particularly like kind of emailing me a lot and trying to get like me in the middle of it. And I'm like, Owen's oh, 13. He can, you know, he has to deal with this. Yeah. So it got to the point where he was not going to do well on this assignment. And he's really into his GPA and he was stressing. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, Owen, well, I've looked over everything and you're not doing what she's asked you to do. Mm. And he said, I know, but that's because I don't agree with it and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, and that's fine. You don't have to agree with it. And you can choose to dig in right. and do it your way and get a C. Yeah. Or <laughs> you can just do what she's asking and get the A. It's your choice. Yeah. I don't care what you do. Yeah. Like, cause I understood his point. Yes. But he decided it was worth it to get the a and he did it. And then he's like, guess what? I got hundred percent. I was <laughs> like, yeah, he, I said, I said, what'd you do? He's like, I just did what she asked. I was like, "Yep." Yeah. Yeah. So life is like partially working, like figuring out the game, how the game is played and deciding when to dig in your heels.
0: But you had to present that. You presented right. it and you were completely okay with the C, which is what so many parents are not anymore. Yeah. So that's like just take note and, and frankly,
1: I knew he wouldn't he wouldn't. Yeah, but he but you
0: had to you had but, to be okay with right. presenting it that way. Right. And really be okay. And mm-hmm. yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah. And inwardly I would have been frustrated. I would have been like, ugh, there's Owen being Owen. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been the end of the world and I wouldn't have cared. And like it, you know, it's seventh grade. Yeah life goes on and on his permanent record
0: (laughs) and the fact that he (laughs) arrived there himself is so much more valuable than you helping him get the a and then next time it's the same thing
1: and he stressed so hard about it that's what's so funny like i look it was like two weeks of like meltdowns and i was getting texts from john he's like i don't know what to do about owen in this assignment can you help him and i was like dude i've tried like there's (laughs) and he had to work through that himself and uh, you know he learned something yes um there may in the future be a hill he does die on
0: But well, this wasn't it. When it's time to dig in, we know he has the capability to exactly. go the long haul. to <laughs> go the long haul. He's got the endurance. He does yep. have the endurance. OK, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile.
1: to claim this deal, go to Hayahealth.com slash mom hour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults.
0: All right. Should we get back to it? Let's do it. Okay. So my next little category, I think is a positive one for both toddlers and teens. And that is this rapid acquisition of skills and interests. Like they go for toddlers, they go from being a blob to liking stuff. I mean, it's really fun when, you know, you notice that they have a favorite animal or a favorite book and they now are obsessed with, whatever, a character from their favorite show. And it's so fun to see their kind of personalities and opinions come out. And then they're also just rapidly acquiring skills. One of the biggest is language, you know, during the first or the, that second year from one to two. I mean, I, I always joke that's like the reason I keep them around. It's one of my favorite phases <laughs> of, of language acquisition is just one yeah. word and then two words at a time and then little sentences and the connections they make all on their own of this world of language. So that I think as a parent is just so fun to watch. And I'm curious how with teens, how that works. Cause it's also a time of like lots of new activities and opinions and interests.
1: Yeah. Well, it's very (laughs) expensive.
0: (laughs) Um, It can be very expensive.
1: It's not always, but like teenagers are, you know, they're not learning skills quite the same way. They're not learning how to walk or like talk, but suddenly they're just put in front of a smorgasbord. Mm -hmm. Um, Middle school, it starts high school. It really peaks of, they can try anything. Yeah. They can join the ski club. They can be in cross country. They can take up an instrument. They like, they just have endless options and like all the energy and drive and interest. And it is fun to watch. It really is. I have to say, I'm loving watching William the way he's taken to high school. He is joining all the clubs. He started a band
0: Aww. now.
1: None of his friends knew how to, except for one knew how to play an instrument. when They started the band, <laughs> but they have an Instagram account. They're gonna, they're called the Hawaiian Rolls. I love they it. wear Hawaiian shirts. They like play Beatles music and stuff. It's, it's adorable, but like all of that stuff really adds up. Um, yeah. And so, and also you can start to become like a, a chauffeur. Mm-hmm. So like you really, and it's like, you want to be supportive and, it can kind of creep up on you. Like you don't really see how much time you're spending driving people around or in our case, it really can be disruptive to our schedule because we have other kids who want to do stuff. And like also John's got the kids half the time and Mm -hmm. he lives about half an hour away. So if, if William has a rehearsal or like he's done theater, so if he had a theater thing that he was in and, and the rehearsals are all on Saturdays and John's supposed to have them on Saturdays, like everything has to be considered. There's a lot to consider. So there's just, it's like so many Moving parts. I was actually talking to a mom the other day that I know and she was just saying like how and she's um has another divorced family and like just how tough it can be because she doesn't want to be greedy about the weekends that she has the kids, but she's right. also like, I don't want them doing stuff necessarily yeah. on those weekends. Yeah. And there's just all these these things going on and these, I don't know, these there's just a lot. Yeah. A lot of activity, a lot yeah. of things. And it's exhausting. The other thing we were talking about is how when their kids are little, you go through that phase, it feels like they're just kind of doing their thing and you're doing yours and you don't get interrupted as much and you kind of get in this gravy phase and then suddenly you're getting interrupted again, but for a completely different reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that's interesting. I guess for, I don't even have a way to support toddlers through this phase because first of all, it happens anyway. And second of all, at least the way I was putting it in this outline, I was thinking of it as mostly just a really fun thing to watch. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of like, you know, moms of kids who all of a sudden are obsessed with the garbage truck or bulldozers. You'll pull over at a construction site and just watch them watch something like that. Or, you know, Reed was into dinosaurs from when he was, I mean, a lot of kids go through a dinosaur phase. His started early and stayed late. I mean, he was, he knew all the dinosaur names before he was two. And we'll still talk about them at eight yeah. and a half. So it's just, it is really fun. And I would imagine aside from the costs that it's fun, like you said with William to see, see interest take hold and things, especially when they are things that you didn't put in front yeah. of them. Like you didn't, you didn't nudge them in this area it's just who they are I think that's really fun
1: it is really fun I will say though the one thing I think could be a stumbling block block, especially maybe if it's a first-time toddler mom Mm -hmm. is that if you're following like books or development charts that make it sound like um interests and skills and things are acquired all sort of yeah like equally yeah it doesn't really look like that. That's I mean, so it's true. not linear like that. That's and so your true. kid may fall into the bottom of a dinosaur pile and not emerge for six months. And that's OK. Yes. Like they're, they're not working on their big motor skills. So what? Yes.
0: Yes. And, and vice versa. I think If, could be if you cool have a kid who's acquiring gross motor skills like crazy, they're probably right. not talking as much. Yeah, that's a really right. good point. And one that I know but kind of forgot to say, which is the rapid acquisition of skills does not look the same for every kid or look like what it's supposed to be in the books, but even more reason to appreciate whatever thing your kid is doing, because that's what they're meant to be doing.
1: Yeah. Um, for, for teens, I also don't necessarily think that they need support per se, but again, the support is for the parent. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think it's okay to say no and have limits on things. You don't have to be a cab driver. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like involvement in everything they want to do is not their birthright. Yeah. And you can put them in charge of some of the things you can put them in charge in earning money Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for some of those things. Um, I have found that holidays and birthdays are a great time to support interest because it shows you pretty quickly how serious they are about something. Mm -hmm. If you have a kid who is a dabbler and they just want to be doing a million things and then you say, great, put it on your Christmas list. (laughs) It's funny how (laughs) they'll start to become a little more, you know, a little more selective. And that's why we were happy to get Will a guitar for Christmas. And it was a nice guitar. It was not cheap. I will spend money on a musical instrument. Um, Me too. But he was never going to say he wanted a guitar in place of a video game or something if he didn't really mean it. Right. He really meant it. And so that's, yeah, that, that I think is like, there's little tricks you can use, little, little psychology tricks you can use to your advantage because your teenager is not smarter than you. (laughs) even though they may think that they are.
0: (laughs) They think they are. Um, Okay. So next up is this belief that they are invincible and otherwise known as a very high risk tolerance. Now I'm predicting this is also at one that's going to feel a little different for toddlers and teens. Um, The types of risks are obviously different. And I will say with my toddlers, I had a very cautious toddler um, who was very aware of, Risk almost to the other extreme. So there's that as well. But with a good amount of toddlers, you have to watch them, you know, careening down a hill, running full force, or sliding down the big slide. And of course, they're not thinking about the potential risks. That is your job, not theirs. Um, And so it is just a thing that has to happen, just like that independence and everything else. And some toddlers really do seem to be thrill seekers and others thrill avoiders. So curious how that works with teens.
1: So with teens, what I've noticed is that um, when we think of when we think of invincible or like no, you know, with risk tolerance or kids who get that rush out Mm -hmm. of taking risks, it doesn't always look like the kid who wants to take up snowboarding. Right. Um, There is that. And there are kids who drive dangerously and there are kids who jump off piers and um, things like that. But some kids might do something that's really dangerous because they get like a physical rush out Mm -hmm. of it or because they were dared to and they just have no impulse control. But Another one might do something really mean Mm -hmm. because they think it'll get a laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one might make a joke. That's like off color that gets Mm -hmm. them in trouble because they think it's going to make them popular. Mm -hmm. I I think it can be relational. It can be emotional. Mm -hmm. It can be physical. So I I have like started to redefine what risk intolerance looks like (laughs) or a tolerance and intolerance. And because I think it's like a little bit wider and broader Mm -hmm. than we necessarily think. So the other Thing about that is depending on what kind of kid you have, like what will work as far as trying to, because they can be reasoned with, they, mm-hmm. they have logic and they also have strong senses of self-preservation, mm-hmm. but you just have to know how to
0: like appeal to it.
1: Yeah. And, and there, it, it doesn't always
0: function is. in the moment of decision-making. No,
1: no. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it rarely does. And, and a lot of like, not all kids cr- care, like, care at all about their future. Yeah. I didn't give a crap about my future when I was 15. I didn't, it was like, what a future. Yeah. I'm thinking about today, man. Yeah. I'm living for today. <laughs> so, if you had said to me, "This is going on your permanent record. It will make it difficult for you to get right. into the college of your choice," I would have been like, "College of my choice what was that." Like right. I did not care. Had you said, you know, when you gossip, it makes it really hard um, for kids to trust you, mm-hmm. and. That was like my emotional Mm -hmm. landscape Mm -hmm. was much more important. My Mm -hmm. relational landscape, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Like the risks I was taking didn't Mm -hmm. look anything like the risk. Another
0: kid was Was taking a fast car with no seatbelt. Yeah,
1: right. But there's still risks. Right. Mm And, and those toddler years and those teen years are still the time to Mm -hmm. learn Mm -hmm. from them. So, um, I don't know. I just think my advice, I guess, would just be to know your kid and Mm -hmm. like tailor your message Mm -hmm. to what matters to them. Like some kids really don't want to lose privileges or some kids don't want to lose their social standing. And like you have to, you know, it's not about guilting them or adding pressure or, or tricking them. Mm -hmm. It's just about being really honest. I've been really honest with my teenagers about how, and it's not because it's not like I don't love you anymore or I'm rejecting you or I'm disapproving of you. It's like, look, this is what doing this thing Mm -hmm. could mean for you and your friends or Mm -hmm. for how your friends' parents think about you Mm -hmm. or how the world sees Mm -hmm. you. Like, and you have to know what they care about to know how to talk to
0: them. That's so good. Um, So I guess with toddlers, the types of invincibility we're talking about are very different, the risk. Um, Mm -hmm. But one thing I have seen good articles floating around that I'll link up in the show notes is listen to the language you use around a toddler who's particularly adventurous. Because remember that the mastery, that athleticism, that feeling confident in themselves physically and emotionally, but in particular with physical, you know, feats, it comes from practicing stuff and falling yeah. down and taking a little bit of risk in a safe environment. Um, in our outline, I wrote, buy a good car seat and a good helmet and then just look away. You know, there's, yep. when with toddlers, we live in a world that's extremely safe in general. Our playgrounds have been designed yeah. for safety. Our neighborhoods are relatively safe. So this obsession with potential harm is kind of a uniquely American and current modern problem that <laughs> like I would, the
1: environment has already been made safe enough for the worst parent there is.
0: Exactly. That's so a, you're cool. So you, and you I would really away. challenge you to um, do a little bit of reading. I'll link up a couple articles like I like to do. And remember that this risk is really important for them developmentally. Yeah. So instead of thinking you're a bad mom for walking away from the playground structure and not hovering underneath them, think that you're a good mom for doing that right. because they are already relatively safe um yep and and they just they feel so much better about that mastery if you are not hovering and that's setting the stage for all kinds of other uh the role that you play as they grow up so um the one the one article i'm thinking about is alternatives to saying be careful it's like how Mm. much we say be careful be careful and i totally do it i mean i'm i totally do this but instead of be careful it offers alternatives to saying that like you know do you feel safe right now let me know if you need help, you know, things like just, just little ways to tweak, like, don't do that. Be careful. Don't do that. Be careful. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think for, for, for toddlers, they're like building um, confidence and a lot of physical, like the physical uh, skills they will need to power them through life. Right. And it, and the teens are really developing. They're kind of setting their character Yeah. there. And I want to build that. So like, I want them to be smart enough to know when a risk is worth taking Mm -hmm. and to have the character to say no, to get help, whatever it is. So like that doesn't necessarily happen if I'm watching over their shoulder either, or if I'm texting them constantly checking in or whatever. So there's that balance that has to be found. And and the world is not a—it's not a totally safe place for teens. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, this yeah. is
0: different. Yeah, we for sure. haven't figured
1: out yet how to make you know showing up at a party where there's a bunch of drugs safe for yeah. teens. Yeah, I'm sure someone's working on it, but like <laughs> there's it an hasn't. For that, there's an app for, I'm sure there's an app for that. Or like text and like Snapchat. Like yeah, it, it's not a safe world for teens, but it can't be. Like we right. can't control right. them. Like we can't control their environments. That's the whole point. Yep. they're adult. Like they're basically their bodies have almost become adults. Yeah. Their brains aren't there yet, Right, but like they now need to learn how to become adults. That's the whole point yep. of parenting is to raise, we're not raising children. We're raising adults. Yep.
0: And I was I mean, so, the last thing to add to that. Cause that all of that is such an important discussion is to make sure you're working on your own tolerance for mm-hmm. your not being in complete control of your kid's safety, because yeah. that is something that I am always working on because it's something I struggle with because it's not you you're not the world's not going to get safer you're not going to get more control as they grow so you might as well focus some of that attention on building your own resilience and kind of tolerance of being okay even when there is risk um okay my last like big category is sleeping and eating and this one I thought would just be kind of funny um because I know it's wacky in both cases I uh, my quick note for toddlers is We just spend that whole first year kind of learning who they are and what they like and what their schedule is and introducing all the foods. And then all of a sudden when they're toddlers, with sleep, they can become more sensitive or fearful. Mm -hmm. Those night terrors and the nightmares we've talked about start. So you can really backslide quite a bit with sleep. And then same with eating the baby who eats all the vegetables can become a very picky toddler. So it's mostly that it can be super frustrating as a mom. I mean, I have no doubt that you toddler moms out there are doing your level best to get your toddler enough sleep and healthy food and whatever you're doing is enough. I think it's more, it's more just frustrating because it seems like it all changes right when you had, you had it down. So, yeah.
1: Um, well, the only thing I put on the outline <laughs> of this is it's all bleeped up. Just go with it. Because honestly, like, they're my teens, their eating habits are bizarre. Yeah. They'll still eat what I put in front of them, but they'll also eat a whole bunch of other weird stuff. Yeah. Um, not and it's bad for you. Yeah, They love junk food. Oh, they yeah. love, you know, they I don't have to provide it. But like, yeah, there's a Owen now has has convinced me to do a monthly Taco Bell run. Like He looks he looks forward to it all month. Now he tries to work the system. <laughs> He'll be like, oh, well, we haven't had Taco Bell in a month. I'm like, no, no, it's January 5th
0: we had it and we december. had taco bell
1: on december 28 you know so but like stuff like that i mean i'm not i'm not a stickler about yeah. it i just continue to make the meals that i make and put them in front of the kids yeah. and and hope that they'll but eat you're them.
0: right i bought so much candy as a young yes. teenager oh my gosh. And old teenager. i mean i bought candy once a day at least and me ate too it. i would stop yeah. at the
1: gas station on the way to school and yeah. on the way home from school yeah and buy like a like a mountain dew that i would mix other pop into <laughs> and like I would buy a hundred grand bar. I love those or little Debbie's. I mean, I was just like a junk food junkie yep. and the sleep gets weird. I, yep. I remember, and we talked about this in our sleep episode, but I remember coming home and taking naps. I remember yep. sleeping in, in the morning, Owen just sleeps every chance he gets right now. Aww. And that's a new thing. He just needs it. Like He's his like body is growing fast. He is. And here's the beauty thing about being a teenager. You don't have to involve yourself in that. Yeah, You don't, you have the choice to look away Yeah. And as long as they're making it to school and yep. they're doing okay in their you know, studies and they're not exhausted all the time yeah. and they're eating enough. I mean, obviously with teens, it can get really sensitive because there are eating disorders yeah. and there could be, if they're not getting enough sleep um, because they're doing too much homework or something, yeah. that could really affect their performance. But if everything's going okay and they're basically healthy, they're just making choices you don't love, Yeah. you don't have to involve yourself. Yeah. You really can look away. And I think that's one of those things where you can start exercising some some, some like loosening of the grip.
0: Yep. I love it because
1: they're going to get back to something that looks more normal, but it might be, it might take a while. Yep.
0: Um, I was just going to say for supporting with the toddler sleep and eating issues, just lower, lower your expectations. If it's your first kid, um, someone who will remain anonymous asked me a question about picky toddlers the other day. And I was like, I can't even care anymore to answer that question because my older kids are so picky that whatever the, care. <laughs> the definition of a picky toddler who like now only eats three vegetables. In, right. Like I haven't, I have kids who haven't seen a veg, a green vegetable in six years. Like, so just start to lower your expectations and yeah. keep doing your best. Um, but also don't compare your kids eating or sleeping schedule to other people's kids. This is a time, especially in toddlerhood where like, we really start to think like one naps, two naps, seven o'clock bedtime right. or eight thirty bedtime. Like honestly watch their cues, watch how, how they're thriving in their other areas of toddlerhood. And then just, just go with it. Like you're not, you're doing a good job. I promise.
1: I have to tell you, I can't care might be my favorite <laughs> saying, because it's not like you're saying you're like, I would care if I could. And I, 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 I cared
0: when I was in your stage. Right. I, I see that you care, but like I acknowledge oh. that you
1: care, but I can't care about that anymore. <laughs> I love it.
0: No. Um, okay. So you had a couple of thoughts to start to wrap us up, but we have, we have filled our listeners ears with toddler oh, versus yeah, teen. Oh yeah.
1: No, I, I think that, I I don't know. I think we're good.
0: Okay. <laughs> we right. covered a lot. Okay. <laughs> we will start to wrap it up then. So instead of a cue it up with an episode to listen to, I actually wanted to point you guys to a blog post on our website that has a list of resources for parenting toddlers like actual experts unlike us books and websites um so if you are in the toddler phase um this would be a great place to start if you are in the teen phase I don't know I feel like Megan you just gave the teen the teen phase people a lot to think about that was really wise
1: yeah and I hope that's helpful but I also want to point people to the center for parent and teen communication it's a really great resource Um, You can follow the hashtag Teen Talk Tuesday. They have a Facebook page and they also have a website at parentandteen.com. So that's Center for Parent and Teen Communication. And that's a great resource just for like how to talk to teenagers, which can be like that could be like a whole series of episodes on its own.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. Okay, guys. Well, this was really fun, Megan. And we will be back with you guys soon. Talk to you then.
1: So I would love it if mom, our listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at Meganfrancis.substack.com and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com.